I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friend, Rivka. And this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Aaliyah? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm wondering if you've had any of the invitations to act that we have talked about in our on the podcast from General Conference that you've been working on. So I am actually going to change it up a little this week and talk about an example I saw this week of oh. um, one of those invitations. Great. So one of my good friends uh, from from my dorm out here at BYU, uh, we went to her house this week or last week. Um, and it was so general conference replaced what Fast Sunday would have been. So for us, it was last week uh, was Fast Sunday. And they had a really awesome tradition um, where they had this cake that they would eat after dinner. And in order to have a piece of the cake, you had to bury your testimony. And if you board in church, you could like, you know, pass or whatever. Um, so they, they, it was essentially encouraging every person, including the little kids of their family to bear the testimony. And for a lot of the little kids, it was just as short as I believe the church is true. And that Joseph Smith was a prophet in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, but it also, there was a couple other visitors there that week, and it was really awesome to hear extensive tes- testimonies from a bunch of different people on a bunch of different subjects. Um, and it really brought the spirit to the home and just kind of set the bar saying that it's okay and it's encouraged and welcome to talk about the gospel and to, you know, share your thoughts and and your testimony with everyone. Um, So that goes back to Joy Jones' talk, where she talked about um, natural and consistent gospel conversations um, in teaching your children. So that was a really good example I saw of of using those kinds of conversations to teach your children about, about the gospel. Yeah. That's fantastic. You told us about that. I love the idea. Um, Mm -hmm. Anytime you can sneak in cake, that helps too. (laughs) And uh, we didn't read this quote from the last uh, talk teaching in the savior's way, but he quoted president Nelson who said, I promise that as you diligent work, diligently work to remodel your home into a center of gospel learning um, over time, your Sabbath days will truly be a delight. Your children will be excited to learn and to live the savior's teaching. And I love that idea of remodeling your home. Like he's just so good at those little crystallized ideas. And I just think of that beautiful home um, as everyone's testimonies are under construction and you're doing remodeling every single week, you know, putting in something new and, and uh, expanding the spaces where the gospel fits. So what a great, uh, what a great idea. Thanks, Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Um, Rivka, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good. Do you have any of the invitations to act that you've been working on? Well, yeah, I'll give a little update. I had mentioned um, several podcasts ago that I had received a prompting 
to do Family History Fridays as part of our homeschooling. And then like a year later, I received a nice chastening uh-huh. some talks about that. So I, we have implemented that and been working on it. And we, um, so but my mom and my husband's mom actually have both put together books that they have printed out for all of their grandkids containing family history stories of, of first members in lines who have joined the church. And sort of their stories about how they learned about the gospel Ooh, and their testimonies. Cool. And so, yeah, so we read one of those um, every Friday. And then we've been um, working through Take a Name and stuff to prep some some names to do ordinance work when the temples open back up. And we just heard that the Portland, Oregon Temple, which is our temple, um, is, is opening for limited use recommend holders to go do baptism on certain days. So we are, if that's upcoming in the next month or so. So we're really looking forward to scheduling that and we've got our names prepped and, and the kids are enthused about it. And we've felt that spirit of Elijah be with us. So, so that's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's great. The promises, the promises hold. <laughs> I thought of you as we were doing come follow me recently and I forget the exact chapter numbers. I'm not really great at remembering the exact numbers, but I think it was section 37 when the Lord said, go to Ohio. And then nobody went. And then like the next section is like, no, I was serious about that. (laughs) That (laughs) is my life. Exactly. That is the same chastening. Uh, I'm grateful he gives us second chances. Yes. And we all do that, but just your story was so, um, it really stuck in my mind. So Thanks for sharing that. Learn from my story. Don't make my same mistakes. (laughs) Well, um, the invitation to act that I am working on is the one to read Teaching in the Savior's Way cover to cover. Um, And I would say uh, there's a model of behavior change that's like the pre-contemplation stage and then the contemplation stage. And then I forget all of them, you know, action, whatever. I think I'm in the contemplation stage (laughs) since I haven't actually read a single word of it yet, but that's on my to-do list and I'm going to do it. And I hope by next time uh, I'll have some good things to report from that. So that is my invitation to act that I've accepted. Well, today we're going to talk about the talk Hearts Knit Together by Elder Gary E. Stevenson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And today I would like to start with Rivka's overall impressions. What did you think as you reread this talk? Well, this spoke to the, to the scientist in me. I studied biology in um, college and maybe to you too, Todd, because we're both sort of science minded. So I appreciated, yes, I appreciated that it was sort of that he brought up the scientific study that my mind works that way. Um, He, he says in a secular world, bridges connecting science with gospel truth sometimes seem few and far between. Yet as Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, the results of this scientific study, which I'm sure we'll talk about with the rabbits, um, may seem more intuitive than astonishing. And then he said, for me, this lays another brick in the foundation. Kindness is a fundamental healing gospel principle. So the the um, scientific study was that they were, they were checking cholesterol. Um, rates in rabbits. They were doing some testing and some of the rabbits just seemingly for no reason were in much better health than the rest of the rabbits at the end of the study. And they couldn't figure out why until they 
discovered that what the, all of the rabbits who were doing well were being um, held and touched and petted as they were being fed by this one particular scientist and the other yeah. scientists were not doing that with their rabbits and they thought that can't possibly be it but then they rerun ran the study factoring for like every other possible variable and it turns out indeed it was um and so as i was reading what he said that this study might seem more intuitive than astonishing for christianity or or people who are followers of christ i thought you know after this last year where globally we have all suffered, um, we have all been separated, <laughs> unallowed to, to, you know, hug or to shake hands or have any of right. these these um, personal physical interactions that express uh, affection. I think this becomes more intuitive for all of us globally because we've seen what happens when that goes missing from our lives. So as I read this, that was sort of my overall thought. I was just thinking about this last year and how it has been um, a proving point for us that the things that he teaches in this talk are true. That is fantastic. And you know what? I didn't think of it in the context of the pandemic. I was just, I guess, thinking about cute, fuzzy rabbits. I don't know. (laughs) But um, yeah, the idea that... um, how much have we learned this year that people need each other, you know, and we need to be with each other. And I think of those youth, especially who, who need each other and need encouragement from each other and from leaders. So yeah, that's a great perspective. Aaliyah, what was your big takeaway um, your overall impression of this talk? Um, one of my big takeaways is the description of the caregiver that um, was influencing the rabbit's health. Um, the one that was, you know, uh, petting them and such. Yeah. Um, so when they were talking about her, they said, let's conclude where we began. So this is at the end of the talk, a compassionate caregiver extending herself in kindness with a nurturing spirit and an unexpected outcome, healing the hearts of animals over whom she had stewardship. Why? Because it was just how she was. And I think that is a really a really cool idea that her actions of kindness stemmed from her being a kind person. And that's just who she was is she was just a kind person. And so she did those kind things, not intentionally to be kind to those rabbits to try and change their health, but just because she was a kind person. And I know people who are just kind people and they do kind things not to, you know, intentionally try and, change or or maybe to help but not not overtly just because it's just who they are they're just kind people and so they do kind things and so to me that was kind of in a challenge I guess for me is to become a kind person so that those kind actions are just second nature that is an awesome thought and I loved that description where she just like couldn't help herself, but love these bunnies, you know, but how do you, how do you apply that? Like, what if you just don't like being kind or you just feel selfish a lot of the time or, you know, what, what do you do about that? If you're just not like that naturally? Um, I think that is where you can intentionally do those kind actions just over and over until, until you eventually feel that, that, 
you know, natural kindness. And there's also, I don't know if kindness is one of the, um, one of the attributes in the preach my gospel chapter six, like attribute thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it is, then there will be scriptures and stuff on it. If not, you can study, um, study scriptures on kindness and talks on kindness and, um, look at examples of kindness in the savior's life. And basically it's one of those, like, if you don't feel like praying, get on your knees and pray until you feel like praying moments (laughs) where if you don't feel like being kind and if you don't feel kind, then be kind until you are kind. Yeah. Um, fake it till you make it. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Um, yeah, I like that. That's awesome. I think each of us have talents, right? That we all know these people who just can't help but be the sweetest, kindest people that you know. Um, and I was just talking about this with one of uh, my friends this morning. He said, you know, I'm just, I just, I'm not a detail person. Like I just, I don't think about them and I don't. And and I thought, you know, we all are good at some things and, and not good at others. And we just have to find those things that um, we're, we're not good at and work on them if they're spiritual things. Sometimes it's also good to lean into the things you are good at. So um, maybe you're not kind, but maybe you're, and, and so you work on that, but maybe you're really something else, some other, you know, attribute, um, extremely knowledgeable and faithful. So you really lean into that and you teach and you bear your testimony a lot while you're working on your kindness. And that's one way you express your kindness is through, through your strengths. Um, well, my big takeaway from this had nothing to do with the rabbit or, um, which was awesome or the, you know, the discussion of that or hearts being uh, knit together. Um, it, it, it came when he talks about hope and I think I'm a broken record and I keep talking about it over and over. And so I sort of am sorry, um, for, you know, being repetitive and I won't go on a long tangent today, but I just loved his quote when he said, we can choose to hope in Christ. This hope comes from his invitation and promise to be of good cheer for I will lead you along and that he will consecrate your afflictions for your gain. Um, So the rest of the talk was also really good, but that part just really struck out to me. And if I didn't take away anything else, I wanted to take away that from the talk. So Rivka, what other quotes from the talk uh, stuck out to you or really noticeable? I... I like how he organized this talk where he spoke about this principle and then he goes in and speaks to the primary age children about how they can, what that would look like for them and how they can apply it. And he tells that great story of the boy from South Korea and the, and the taunting. Um, And then he speaks to the young men and young women about the significant cyberbullying and things that go on and how this, how they can apply this principle in their situations. And then he speaks to the adults of the church. I just thought that was really great because sometimes when we have these really beautiful principles of the gospel, the difficulty can come in saying, what does it look like for me today or this week? Or how do I implement that? So I appreciated that um, he did that. So for me, as one of the adults of the church, um, I liked I liked this quote. He said, we have a primary responsibility to set a tone and be, and be role models of kindness, inclusion, and civility to teach Christ-like behavior to the rising generation in what we say and how we act. Mm -hmm. 
It is especially important as we observe a marked societal shift toward division in politics, social class, and nearly every other man-made distinction. Um, and then he, he gives this beautiful quote from Elder Ballard, which I won't read because it's, it's quite lengthy, but at the end of it, he says, the Lord expects us to teach that inclusion is a positive means toward unity and that exclusion leads to division. I just, I love that very clear um, teaching. And again, see, maybe my broken record for this talk is things that we've learned from the last year are things that we've seen, but we have, right. we, it's been really readily apparent the damage that is done by division and divisiveness, maybe more than just just division, but divisiveness and how easily Satan's influence can wreak havoc um, when we are actively working toward disagreeing or being disagreeable instead of actively working toward finding ways to unify in our differences. Yeah, that is a really powerful thought, Rivka. I uh, just... You know, contention is of the devil. And to um, even if you have something you need to disagree on, um, to not be disagreeable or, or divisive intentionally, sort of spreading division. Um, yes. And really working toward remembering that as, as human beings, we all have an equal value. Whatever else we may disagree on, I think humanity would be so greatly improved if we could just bring ourselves to agree on that one thing that each person right. has inherent value. Right. Yeah. What a powerful thought. Um, so I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. I just want, I, as you were talking about the structure of the talk, it really just reminded me of the last talk we discussed teaching in the savior's way. You know, the savior was so good at teaching in a way that people could extract the meaning they needed for their level of gospel maturity. Mm -hmm. And he did that through parables and stories and and through a lot of other ways. But you could call this the parable of the rabbit, even though it's from a scientific journal um, that was actually published. You know, it's sort of a he's using it as a parable. And then maybe he um, is a little more explicit than sometimes we get in the in the scriptures. But then he lays it out for each level of sort of gospel maturity, you know, primary youth adults. This is how we can apply it. Um, so that that's pretty awesome. What a what a great thought to show us a good way to teach in the Savior's way. Um, so Rivka, um, I'm wondering if you've seen examples in your life, in, in your ward or stake or other areas of people who are good at um, not just avoiding that divisiveness, but sort of bringing people together and being the one who, you know, um, treats other people with um, respect and with recognizing their inherent value. So, um, kind of harkening back to, uh, the point about like Aaliyah's point about, you know, showing kindness or, or trying to do something maybe you're not inherently good at. I am not, I am not a good, like approacher of people and hugger and like, I just, I'm not, I'm not that person. And so I can think of many examples that I've seen through my life who have this quality that I have admired and watched and tried to learn from. Like there are some people I know who just walk into a room and 
and we'll see someone they know and it's just hello and and hug and enthusiasm <laughs> to see them and i'm so happy to see you and how are you doing and here's a question about you that and i've been on the re- receiving end of that too and it kind of reminds me of sister craig's talk about being deeply seen but that is a the ability to express that i see someone is not something that is natural to me and so i that's the first thing that popped in my head when you asked that question was the people that I've seen who are very good at, at showing kindness through simply verbally acknowledging the presence of the people that they see and expressing their happiness to see those people. Fantastic. Aaliyah, how about you? Have you seen anyone who's really good at, at um, building those bridges and, and bringing out people's, sort of inherent worth and value? Um, I guess there's one couple that comes to mind. I think I've actually talked about them before. Yeah. They just tend to see right to the potential of people and to make every single person feel loved and welcome and like they're the most important person in the world. Um, and I guess just that specifically that potential, like, like recognizing everyone's divine worth and, and that kind of just unifies everyone in their mind and therefore in our minds as well, when we're all treated the same way. Awesome. And I was thinking actually about your old uh, young women's president who might even be listening. I don't know. Um, And she was so good at encouraging the young women to, she would always say, you know, open the circle or, or keep your circles open or, now I'm butchering it and I'm going to get a text from her. If she is listening, but, um, <clears throat> so instead of, um, you know, you have your circle of friends, like, uh, turn your circle outward, you know, and expand it and allow uh, the other young women in the war to, to join your circle and, and be a part of your circle. I don't know. I, I probably butchered that Aliyah. Did, can you clear it up? <laughs> um, basically, yeah. I mean, open the circles, I think is, is the main thing. It just, cause even when you're talking with your friends, like you form a circle and right. next time you're with people, just pay attention to that because it happens every single time you just form a circle and like a physical one. And so if someone is outside the circle, they can't get into the conversation or to the, you know, metaphorically like the friendship or whatever, if you won't physically let them in. And it's not like we're trying to prevent people from getting into the circle. It's just that that's naturally how we talk to each other. And so she always told us to like open the circles and to like make gaps in the circle and open it so that if people want to come and talk, they can. And it's more welcoming, like, oh, there's a spot right here for me if I want to talk to these people. So I'm going to go talk to them. Right. I love that. Yeah. She was a good, really good example of that. Um, Aaliyah, so what other quotes really stuck out to you when you read this talk? Um, So right after he told the story of that little boy from South Korea, he said, isn't this a good example for you to try to become like Jesus? And it just kind of hit me that, like, a general authority speaking to the entire world used a little kid as an example of how to be like Jesus. And we hear all the time that, you know, kids are good examples and that, you know, we have to become like a little, a little child to, you know, become like Christ. But like just the fact that he straight up said like this little kid is a good example of being like Christ. It just like, I don't know, it hit 
differently this time. Um, and so I think, I don't know, I guess we can maybe be more aware of the, the kids around us. Like I have, I have um, siblings, one of which is who, one of who is somewhat young. Um, and so like, I can look to her as an example, <laughs> which is yeah. weird and, but it's true. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thought. I, I didn't think of it that way. I was just thinking of this great little kid, but um, you know, a little child shall lead them. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> Rivka, what else uh, really stuck out to you as, as you read through this um, talk? Were there any other um, parts of this talk that really made you think about an area that could be improved either in your life or in your calling maybe? Yeah, I, uh, there are a lot of areas that I can improve on. I, and I'm not, yeah, I don't mean to pick on you or make <laughs> no, it sound no. like you have all this work to do, but no. I was just thinking um, about our callings. Well, yeah, so obviously, like I've said before, for me, it is a little unnatural to sort of enthusiastically reach out. So I am actively working on that, which, by the way, is really hard when you can't hug and have to stay six feet apart from people. Yes, totally. Um, so that that's a struggle. But um, also, in his talk, he quotes uh, one of my favorite quotes from Elder Uchtdorf, and it's one of my favorite Mormon messages videos. <laughs> I, yes. I love, well, it's an extended one, right? And it shows, it shows some bullying in a high school, the video does. But he says, when it comes to hating, gossiping, ignoring, ridiculing, holding grudges, or wanting to cause harm, please apply the following. Stop it. <laughs> and um and then uh elder stevenson goes on to say did you hear that stop it as you extend yourself with kindness care and compassion even digitally i promise you will lift up arms that hang down and will heal hearts and then and then a little bit further in down the page in the talk a little bit further in the talk i'm looking at the page it says as you strive to extend yourself in love respect and kindness you will undoubtedly be hurt or negatively affected by the bad choices of others. And for me, I know this is one of the big things that keeps me from um, opening up and being vulnerable is that that fear, because it's happened, of being rebuffed or thought silly or or considered insincere because I feel like for me, sometimes it might come across that way because it's not a natural thing. Um, so he gives counsel about what to do with that. What do we do then? We follow the Lord's admonition um, to love your enemies and pray for them, which despitefully use you. And I would add to that. Sometimes they're not trying to be enemies or despitefully use you because we all say things that can hurt people without knowing. And so being able to gaining the skill of being able to let that go and learn to forgive quickly and frankly, like we hear about in the scriptures. And then he says, we do all that we can. To overcome the adversity that's placed in our path, we strive to endure to the end, all the time praying that the hand of the Lord will change our circumstances. Um, and then we offer thanksgiving for those that he places in our path to assist us. So he gives us some good counsel for what to do when our efforts in reaching out or trying to, to do things like this fail, because they will. And like I said, I think that's what keeps, well, I know it's what keeps me from doing things. So I imagine it's what keeps other people from, from trying to improve sometimes too. It's just that fear of failure. Um, 
but knowing knowing that the Lord is is with us in that, He obviously knows what it's like to be rebuffed and rejected. Um, yeah, so far more with far more severity than I've ever been rebuffed, rebuffed or rejected. But, um, yeah. So, I guess in answer to your question, maybe with less specifics of things that I'm working on, but but I would say this is the way in which I am trying to work on it in overcoming the fear of, of messing it up or being thought silly or being rejected and accepting that that's part of, part of the path and learning to become like the savior is having those experiences. Right. So when we're opening those circles, it's not just to let people in to our circle of friends or, or people that we care about, but also sort of let lets out a little bit of our own selves um, and, and being yeah. vulnerable in that way, you know. Yeah, because you don't know what's going to gonna happen. You don't yep. know who's going to come in that circle. Right. Good point. That's fantastic. Um, well, as we finish up here, are there any promises or invitations that either invitations to act that either of you saw? I kind of felt like the whole talk was one giant invitation <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to just kindness and charity and compassion and. Um, looking out for other people. Um, And I'll just read the one promise I saw as he sort of turned it back around to something personal at the end, in a second to last paragraph, he said, when we confront life's wind and rainstorms, sickness and injury, the Lord, our shepherd and caregiver will nourish us with love and kindness. He will heal our hearts and restore our souls. And accompanying that is a picture of the savior holding a lamb I'm not aware of any pictures of the Savior holding a rabbit, but I am confident that's what he was trying to evoke. You know, was that parallel? Um, So I thought that was a great promise. Um, But did either of you find any other invitations or promises that uh, stuck out to you? I found one. Um, About halfway through the talk, he says, as you extend yourself with kindness, care, and compassion, even digitally, I promise that you will lift up arms that hang down and will heal hearts. So I guess this is just a promise that if you try, you're going to help people. If you try to be kind, then it'll work in some situations, at least. Yeah. And as Rivka just talked about, you know, he said, maybe you'll fail or get hurt, but uh, you will have uh, a positive impact on others while you try. So Rivka, anything uh, that stuck out to you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm realizing all of a sudden, again, as he broke this down into how different, you know, uh, different ages of people can do these things that he's giving us many widely different examples of how to show kindness and love. And so, you know, earlier on in in our discussion, we were talking about what do you, what do you do if you feel like you can't do this Um, in maybe a more common way? I think inherent in this invitation too, is to figure out, or in this talk is invitation to learn how you can do this, that your, your offerings of kindness and love don't have to look like other people's that you said, lean into your strength. And and it can be that way. It can be um, being vulnerable and opening a circle. It can be living as an example of inclusivity. Um, and it can be, um, it can be saying hello to someone and just acknowledging their, their, presence and you know speaking to someone says hey I notice you and and you're a value so even if you're not someone who is socially 
comfortable for him. Social interaction is, is a difficulty. There are still things you can actively do. Um, might not just be face to face. It could just be being a good example. Yeah, that's a, that's fantastic as well. Thank you, Rivka. Well, that was a a great reminder to be loving and caring and, and nurturing to those around us. And, um, that, you know, it's science. It'll, uh, it'll help you grow stronger. <laughs> so, yeah. um, <clears throat> Aaliyah, can you let everybody know how to get a hold of us? Yes. So we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can message us there. Our usernames are Word to the Prophets Podcast. Or if you prefer email, we have an email which is Word to the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. And we respond to all the messages that we get, and we love hearing from you. Um, we love hearing how you use them, or just that if you enjoy it, or what we what, what you want to see, and like what you would like to, um, you know what we can improve <laughs> or change or if there's a certain insight you have on a talk we'd love to hear that too so reach out we'd love to hear it <laughs> great thank you next time we're going to talk about the talk room in the inn by elder garrett w gong of the quorum of the 12 apostles so thank so thank you to everyone for joining us today and until next time keep the faith if we teach by the spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.